Welcome to Finding Holiness, where we delve into timeless Torah wisdom, revealing the sacred in everyday moments. Join us on a journey to elevate your spirituality and discover holiness in every aspect of life. I'm your host, Rabbi David Kadosh, and together, let's embark on a path of spiritual exploration. I hope you enjoy this next episode. everybody. Welcome to a, another installment of our Back to Basics Shiur on Wednesday night. Glad you can join us here live. Hashem, some yummy food again for those that are online and are still debating whether or not you should come here. There you go. Up close and personal. We got uh, yummy food waiting for you whenever you're ready. And uh, <laughs> for those listening online, you're still welcome. Even uh, I'm sure you, you have your own food there and uh, drinks and whatnot. And for those listening on our podcast, either tomorrow or the next day, or whenever you want. Baruchim um, welcome, and uh, for joining. Obviously, all our classes are found on our podcast website, findingholiness.com. We're happy that you can join. We're happy that you are here. And without further ado, we are going to continue today in our first installment of Chumash. We are on Perik Bet of Sefer Bereshit. Last week, we completed the section of the creation, the, the six days, and now we are beginning with Shabbat, which is the start of Perik Bet Pasuk Aleph. And after we conclude the 30 minutes of Chumash, we'll move on to our halacha as we are normally slated to do. So without further ado, we are on Pasuk Aleph of Perik Bet, Vaychulu HaShamayim VeHaaretz VeChol Tzeva'am. And the heavens and earth were completed, and all their host. God completed on the seventh day His work that He made. And God rested on the seventh day. From all the work that He made. God blessed the day, the seventh day, and He sanctified it. For on that day he rested from all his work. That God created to make. Okay. So let's look at Rashi. Rashi Pasuk Bet Vaychal Elohim Bayom Ashevi'i. Rabbi Shimon Omer. Rabbi Shimon says, Basar Badam She'eno Yodea Aitab Urgaav. A man of flesh and blood does not know the precise times and moments of the day. He, Tzarich Leosif Mehol Ala Kodesh. That is the reason why we are obligated to add from the mundane onto the holy. That's why every Shabbat doesn't start precisely at sundown, but rather it, it starts at uh, a few minutes beforehand because we are... Um, we need to add from the mundane to the holiness because we don't know exactly when it starts. But God who knows the exact times and moments, He enters Shabbat at the uh, hair breadth exactly at the moment, and it's as if He finishes exactly on that day. Shabbat began for God exactly at the moment. So therefore, on the seventh day, exactly. Another way to interpret this, says Rashi. What was the world missing at this moment? What was missing? Rashi says, rest. That was the only thing that was missing. Up until now, it's all been about work. 
But now we have rest. Bat Shabbat, Bat Menucha. Shabbat came, so has rest come. This is how the uh, the work was completed. This is why it says, On the seventh day he finished. What did he finish with? He finished with rest. Rest was part of the creation. And it, it took place on the seventh day. It says Rashi on Pasuk Gimel, and Vaikadish, two two different verbs, and he blessed and he sanctified. This is referring to Rashi says, Berecho Baman. He blessed the Shabbat through the man, the man that was going to in future come down from Shemaim. Shekol Yarad Lahem Omer Lagulgolet. For all the rest of the days of the week, as brought down in Parashat Beshalach, Yarad Lahem Omer Lagulgolet. Only a certain amount fell, the, the, the amount of Omer Lagulgolet. However, ubashishi, but on the sixth day, lechem mishneh. It was a double portion. The beracha is that he should have stopped the man completely for Shabbat, like he did with the rest of the items. So what's the beracha? The beracha is that he added to it on Friday with the double portion. Not only did he bless the man that way, but he also sanctified the man. Shelo yarad kelal b'Shabbat, because nothing fell on Shabbat. And the Pasuk is speaking to us what's going to happen in the future. Uh, Ramban has an interesting point here. The Ramban says that Berachan, the Kedushah of Shabbat are for the people in the future who are going to keep the Shabbat. Those who keep the Shabbat, HaKadosh Baruch Hu blesses them and sanctifies them. And that's what, that's what is interpreted by Al-Shem Ha'ati. But nevertheless, the Vaikadesh, the here and he sanctified, is in reference to the man being that it didn't fall on Shabbat. The Lashon of Kedushah, when we speak of somebody who is Kadosh, is someone who is removed from the mundane, totally separated from the mundane. That's someone who is Kadosh. So therefore, by Kadesh, the man itself was removed from the, the Saturday, it was removed from Shabbat, and it was put on Friday um, as a double portion. Asher bara Elohim la'asot, says Rashi, ha-melacha she'ayta re'uya le'asot ba-Shabbat, all the work that was supposed to be done on Shabbat, kafal va'asa'ah ba-shishi. Akados Baruch Hu doubled up and completed it on Friday. Kemoshe meforash be-bereshit bara, be-bereshit rabba, like it is written in the Midrash in Bereshit rabba. Okay. Let's move on back to the Chumash Pasuk Dalet. Ele toledot ha-shamayim ve-ha-aretz be-hibare'am. These are the offspring, or the branches of the heavens and the earth, when they were created. Be-yom, on the day, asot Adonai Elohim eretz ve-shamayim, the day where God made, God, uh, Hashem our God made, eretz ve-shamayim, the earth and the heaven. Ve-chol, siach and all the trees of the field, terem ba-aretz, have not yet been, are not yet on the ground. And all the greenery, all the, the herbage have not yet sprouted. Why? Because God had not brought down rain yet on the land. And man is not there to work the ground. So again, this, uh, this, from this pasuk on, or, or dalit on, we're recounting a second time 
uh, a lot of what happened in the first chapter of the creation of the trees and the esev and the creation of man. The pasuk continues, pasuk ve'ed ya'ale min ha'aretz, a mist ascended from the ground, ve'hisha et kol penei adama, and then watered all the face of the earth. Va'yitzer Adonai Elohim et ha'adam, God formed Adam, afar min ha'adama, from the ground of, uh, or from the dirt from the ground. Va'yipach be'apav nishmat hayim, and he blew into his nostrils a life, a neshama, va'yi ha'adam, and man became a living being. Okay, so let's pause there and we'll go to Rashi. Rashi, Pasuk Dalit. All right, Ele. Ele, whenever it says Ele, Ha'amurim Lemala. It's included, what, what, what's written above. About what, what's written above? Toledot HaShamayim Ba'aretz. The, the uh, branches of, uh, um, of, of the Shamayim Ba'aretz, the, the offspring of the heavens and the earth. Behibaream when they were created, Beyom Asota Donai, says Rashi, Limetcha to teach you, Shekulam Nivreu Barishon. Again, he's repeating the, uh, the thesis statement that he had in the first chapter. According to Rashi, everything was created on day one. Everything was created on day one. It was just put in place and come out, it came out on different days. But day one, all of Shamayim and all of Aretz and everything and all the offspring that came with it was created was uh, created there. That's why it says, Beyom, on the day that the heaven and earth were created, which was day one. Davar another interpretation. Rashi here is expounding on the fact that the letter He in the word Behi Bade'am is written small letters. Behi Bade'am, Behe Bera'am, that the world was created with the letter He. Um, interesting here, note, I have a note here that says that the letter He is the only letter in the alphabet that involves no work on the part of the mouth. Everything, everything, there's, there, there's something that's happening, the lips moving, tongues moving, throats, throats making sounds, but He is just breath. Is the most effortless sound you can make is the letter He in reference to Akados, but who also, when he created the world for him, it was like with no effort. It was just kaha, like a snap of a finger. So that's what it says, Behe Bera'am. Shneemar, as the Pasuk says, Beyah Adonai Tzur Olamim. Yeah, the name of Hashem Yud He. Rashi says, Bishtei Otiot Halalu Shel Hashem Yatsar Shene Olamim. With those two letters of God, the Yud and the He, that's how HaKadosh Baruch Hu created and formed the two worlds. Sur is from the Lashon Yatsar Olamim, the two worlds, the Olam Azeh and Olam Abba, this world and the next world. Ve'limed Chakan, and he's teaching you here. Sheha Olam Hazeh Nivra Behe, this world was created with He. And then in brackets, he's put here Remez, why is it a He? What does this allude to? Why is this world here created with letter He? Kemoshe He Petuchalemata, just like the letter He is open at the bottom, okay? It's open at the, as an opening, right? Picture the letter He, you see the opening. So too, this world is open for those people who wish to repent and do Teshuvah. It's ready for them. They fall, they fall, but they're able to climb back up through the upper opening of the He. That's the letter He. That's why this world was created with the letter He. Veha olam but the next world, Nivra Beyud, is created with the letter Yud. Lomar to teach me, Shetzadikim Shebeotozman Muatim. The Tzadikim that are going to go to the next world, unfortunately, are small in number. Kemo Yud Shehi Baotiot. Just like Yud is the smallest uh, letter of, uh, of the Aleph bit. 
the, the Maharsha writes that the tzaddikim act humbly like the letter Yud. So therefore there's Zochet to Olam Abba, uh, which was created by the letter Yud. Another remez that Rashi brings down with regards to this letter hey, this time taking the opposite stance, looking at through a negative lens. He says, remez sheyerdu hareshaim lemata lirot shahat. That these, the wicked will fall through the cracks. They will fall at the bottom of the hay and they would uh, descend to Gehinam. Kehezot, just like this hay, shesetuma mikol tzedadea uftucha lemata, the hay which is closed on the sides and open at the bottom, laredet derech sham. And the evil people will fall to the Gehinam, to Ber Shahat, through the opening at the bottom of the hay. Okay, nice. Let's go on. Rashi terem So Rashi tells us a rule over here. He says, Kol terem sheba Anytime you see the word terem, which literally means before, okay? He's saying it doesn't mean before. When you see terem in the, in the Torah, lashon ad lo, ad lohu. It's a lashon of not yet. Meaning it's there, but it's, it's there, but not yet. Ve'eno lashon kodem. He's saying it's not a, a, a prior terminology. And it's not a verb, like we say, he preceded him. This pasuk is what proves it. Because if it actually meant before, okay, before they were on earth, then the words for he didn't make it rain didn't belong yet. It must be if a God is talking about that he didn't make it rain yet, that there's something there to work. Okay, so therefore, it was just not yet sprouted. The trees were not yet there, but as we're going to see, they were ready to go. Ve'odachet, and another proof to this, the Pasuk says, Kiterem tireun, meaning, Adain lo tireun, that uh, you will not yet f- uh, fear. Ve'af zetefaresh, and so you can explain it, which means as follows, Adain lo hayab ba'aretz, there was still not yet in the land, when the world was finished creating on the sixth day, before man was created. The herbage of the field still did not sprout. Now, on day number three, when the Torah tells us on day number three that the land shot out all the herbage, Amdu adyom shishi, the greenery stood at the opening of the land. It was just below the surface of the dirt, says Rashi, and it stood there until day number, uh, uh, day number three. Uh, the Gemara in Masechet Chulin says that from here we see that Akadosh Baruch Hu desires the prayers of the tzaddikim, as we're going to see. Lama, why did it stay right there at the, at the, at the border of the earth? And the, and the air. Rashi says, because it didn't rain yet. Oh, the Pasuk says it didn't rain. Why didn't it rain yet? Because there's no man to work. To, what's the purpose of bringing rain if there's no man to cultivate the earth and to make sure that everything's growing properly? Not only that, he wouldn't know why the rain is beneficial. So there's no point of bringing rain. So in the meantime, he kept it right there. Till he brought rain to show Adam that rain is needed so that he can work the land. Adam, so when Adam came, and he realized that rain was an essential part of earth, that's when he prayed for rain 
and the rain fell. In fact, the Chidush over here is saying, the word la'avod here is not lashon working because there was nothing to work for Adam. The greenery was already there. He didn't have to plant anything at first. He didn't have to plant a tree. The trees were ready to sprout, ready to grow. So what's the avodah here? The avodah is the tefillah. As we know, tefillah is the avodah. That's the service. We don't have korbanot nowadays, so we have tefillah. So the whole idea here was he palel alehem ve'yardu. He prayed for them. And until the rain fell, then there was no more to pray. What, what am I, I don't know what I'm praying for. But now that the rain fell, that's when he prayed. And the trees sprouted and so did the grass. Adonai Elohim. So this is the first time we see um, in, in, in this Pasuk, Hashem Elohim, Eretz Veshamayim. Hashem Elohim, Adonai Hushemo. Rashi says that that Yud Kevavke is his name. Elohim Shehu Shalit. That he is the ruler, veshofet, and judges al kol haolam. Vechen peru se bekol makom lefi peshuto. This is the meaning of this. Wherever you see Hashem Ulakim, Adonai Shehu Elohim is God. That it is a judge. Rashi pasuk vav veed yaale that a mist ascended leinyan beriato shel adam with regards to the creation of man heela hatehom vehishka ananim the waters of the deep rose up, this is the Ed that he's referring to, ananim, and, and um, moisturized and created and, and gave water to the clouds. For what purpose? So that they could soak the earth. Adam, And Adam was created like, a, like this baker, like a baker creates a dough. First the, dough, the, the baker has to pour water into the flour so that he can knead the dough. That's why the Pasuk also here first states that he watered the ground to make the earth into a muddy substance. And that's how HaKadosh Baruch Hu created Adam from this muddy substance, just like a baker creates his bread by kneading the dough. Okay, Pasuk Zayin. Vayitzer. Vayitzer. Rashi here notices that there's two yuds in the word Vayitzer. So Rashi says, Shete Yetzirot over here. There were, there were two creations, two formations happening here. One of them was Yetzira La'olam One of them was for this world. And Yetzira L'Tehayat Ametim. The second one will be the formation of the animals back during the resurrection of, uh, of the dead. Aval Ledin. But for the animals... The, when the animals were created, the animals do not stand in judgment. They're not judged for what they do. They're, you know, an ox can gore another animal. It's not going to be punished and gain up, right? Uh, that's just the way they work. It doesn't write the word Vayitzer with two yud. It just writes one yud. Because they're only, only here. There's no Olam Abba. There's no Techiyat Ametim. <clears throat> what did he do? So next Rashi, Vayitzer Hashem Lokim. It Adam afar min ha'adama the ground the earth from okay, dirt from the ground. Rashi says tzavar afaro mikol adama he gathered uh, dirt from all around the globe, all around the globe me'ar baruchot from four directions. Why did he have to do this? Shekol makom sheyamut sham tehe kolatoli kvura wherever man will eventually die, then. The earth will accept him for a burial because we are made from earth. 
So I'm actually going back to where I came from and the earth will accept me. But if you only, God only took it from one place and only this ground will accept and not the earth that is uh, across the sea. Another interpretation. He took the place, he took the earth from the place. From uh, a mizbeach of earth, you shall make for me. This is in reference to the mizbeach. Halvai uh, kapara In hopes that there will be a cleanliness, a kapara, an atonement, so that man will be able to achieve and succeed in this world. So, in reference from the the mizbeach, where the mizbeach was built, that's where he took the earth from. and he blew into his nostrils. Rashi says, Asao min elyonim. He made man not only from substance from the lower worlds, such as the ground, but also from the upper worlds, which was Hashem himself. He blew from him. The goof, the body is the physical. And the soul is what is um, what's above. Because what happens on the first day, the first day the heavens and the earth were created, and that is a combination of both um, of both up and down. Heaven is up, Elyonim, Aretz is down. So now let's do the count. We got one and one on each side. On the second day, the firmament. So that's two for heaven, one for earth. On day three, he, he gathered the waters and displayed the dry land. So that's one for the earth. So now we have two for the earth versus two for the heavens. Mm-hmm. Fourth day, he created the luminaries. So that's three for the heavens, two for earth. He created the fish of the sea and the, the birds. That's now that's a little. So now three and three. We got three versus three here. So now what happened? He had no choice that whatever he was going to create on day six, aka man, had to be a combination. It had to be a combination of earth, uh, shamaim, and aritz, above and below. Because if not, there will be jealousy with regard to the creation. Because one side will have an advantage, will have more, and think of it itself as um, overpowering the other side. <clears throat> Hashem blew into him a nefesh chaya, le nefesh chaya, and Rashi says here, af behema vechaya nikreu nefesh chaya. Even, the truth is, even an animal and wild beasts were called living creatures, living things, and they have a, a living soul to it. Uh, but, the, but man is the highest level of life. Why? Because added to him was knowledge and the ability to speak. And that brings us one level higher than all the other um, uh, uh, creatures. Creatures. Pasuk Chet. Let's move back into the Pasukim. God planted a garden in Eden in the east, towards the east. And he placed over there the man that he formed. And he caused to sprout. Hashem caused to sprout from the ground. All 
trees that are beautiful to look at and good to eat. And the tree of life inside the garden. And as well, the tree of knowledge of good and bad. There was a river that came from Eden, that came to uh, irrigate the garden. And then it spread out into four branches. The first one is Pishon. This encompasses it all the land of Havila. Where you can find the gold. Uzahav and Zahav, the gold that was over there was very good. There you also find crystal and onyx stone. The name of the second river was called Gihon. This is what surrounded the land of Kush, which is some say Ethiopia. The name of the third river is Chidekel. This is the one that goes east of Assyria, Ashur. And the fourth river is that of Perat. Okay, let's go back to Rashi. Perat is the Euphrates. Euphrates, very good. Let's go Rashi Pasukhet. Uh, so Hashem planted in the Garden of Eden from the east. Rashi says, Mikedem. Bemizracho shel Eden nata etagan. On the east of of Eden, that's where he planted the garden. Be'in Tomar, you might ask me, you have a question, it's already written, that God already created man. Rashi's questioning the whole need to tell me again this whole story that, that, that Adam was created. We already know that, that, that Adam was created. So, He says, I saw in the bright of Rabbi Eliezer, the son of Rabbi Yosei Aglili, Mishloshim ushtayim midot Torah nidreshet um, that among the 32 ways that the Torah can be expounded, we're only left with 13 that we quote every morning in, in Shachrit. But out of the 32 that there once was, Zuachat Mehen, this is one of them. And the rule is as follows. Klal she'acharav ma'asehu rishon. A general statement followed by a specific act, then the latter constitutes a specific clarification for the general statement. And what does this mean? So he explains. When the Torah mentioned to me earlier in Maseh Bereshit, in the first chapter, that God created man, this was the general statement. The problem is, Satam Mehechan. He was very obscure in telling us when he created him. And how he created him. Therefore, the Torah repeated and said, that, uh, that God created him through the ground, right, with a mixture of water. And he caused the Gan Eden to sprout. And he placed him there. As we're going to see. One who hears this, he might think that this is another episode, God forbid, that this is something else happening, a new, a, 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 a different story. Rashi says this is the same story. It's just more details of the original one. Same too by animals. It repeats a second time that God formed them from the earth. In order to tell us that um, they were brought to Adam so that Adam can give them names as we're going to see, to teach about the birds that 
were created from, from the mud. Vayatzmach, Vayatzmach, he caused a sprout. Le'inyan hagan hakatuv medaber, talking about the garden. Betoch hagan, be'emsa hagan, Rashi says, in the middle of the garden, in the middle of the garden. Pishon, Pishon is hu nilus, it's the Nile River. Nehar Mitzrayim, the, the great river of Egypt. Just like the waters are fruitful and, and cause a lot of uh, things to grow around it, it's called Pishon. Kemo Ufashu Parashav. Ufashu is Pishon to increase the chariots. Davar Acher Pishon. Another interpretation of Pishon. Shehu Megadel Pishtan. That around that area is where flax and linen grows. Egypt was known for their linen. Gichon, what was special about, why was it called Gichon? The, the river was a very powerful river, and it roared loudly. Homeh's roar. Like, like a shore, like an like a ox that gores. And it roars while it shores. There's a, there's a, there's a grunt. The waters of the Chidekel are sharp and light. And lastly is Perat. Perat, the waters of the Euphrates is very healthy for man and causes them to be fruitful. I guess it's a, it's a good water if you want to have children, I guess. Um, and as well, the, the fish reproduce there as well in, in the Euphrates. Kush ve Ashur. Rashi here is saying, what do you mean? What's, what's Ethiopia and Assyria? They don't exist yet. The world was just created. Why are you saying it around Kush and around Ashur? So he says, Adai, Rashi says, Adai, we're not yet there. The Pasuk is talking about that in the future, that's where Kush and Ashur are going to be. Kidmat Ashur, on the east of Ashur, he says, This is the Euphrates. The Euphrates is the most important, the most Hashuv of all of them. How do we know this? Because the word Hu, Hu Perat, that signifies something important. Haniskar Shem, Al Shem Eretz Yisrael. Okay. Uh, at this time, we will pause here and we will move over to our next section of Sulchan Aruch. And we'll give a few minutes for people to get that. The Mishnah, the Mishnah Berurah. Let's just check that out. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, when uh, when when Hashem was was like making all of, all all of the creations yep. throughout like one one two seven, um, he made um, like he 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 rested on the seventh day. Yeah. Um, but like what like what what does what what does that rest day signify? It, like it also it also like like signifies humans to rest throughout them working. You know, like throughout the week, right? Like, like the Jews. Yes, definitely. Yes. Yeah. But humans only work because Adam and Chava were 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 exiled from Gan So why would Hashem make a day of rest before he even like like why would he make a day of rest before they were even sentenced away from Gan Eden? There was there was always going to be some sort of uh, of work. It just. It was the effort that it was involved in the work. Through the sweat uh, of your of but, your face. But, but, but that's what that, that, that's what Hashem told Adam when he was leaving that that they have to work for his like for his food. That that yes. That 
it'll come from like the sweat of his brow. Yes, that's what I'm saying. It was an extra effort, and and uh, and also there's a emotional effort, and uh, but that but, but that came after a shame. That came out. You're right. That came after the fact that that's the punishment. Right. But there was always. But before it was just going to be uh, pasuk, just do the basics, and things will grow. And then just rest. On but the then comes Shabbat, and then you don't do anything. But that. So Shabbat gave a a, a, a a huge dose of of bracha. Um, throughout the week, all the all the, everything that happens during the week is, is stems from Shabbat. But what work would would Adam, would Adam and Chava do in Ganeden if they already had everything handed to them? Like what's the work that they would have put in if they were still? In they Ganeden? still they still they were going to have children. They were going to have to uh, 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 think. You're right. Things would have been a lot easier. What exact work? I'm not sure. But uh, but 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 basic basic necessity. They had to cook. They had to uh, you know. You know, it was it was it was all uh, it was all there. But I, I, I hear your question. I hear your question. Um, I just think that the the, the, the punishment was more the bezeata pecha It was the it was the worry, the anxiety yeah. of, of of putting in the effort, not knowing where your parnas is going to come from. Not that that was going to that was going to cause the, the the issue. That was the punishment. Rather, uh, if they didn't sin, it would have been just a lot a lot more simpler. Um, I a similar answer that. <clears throat> It wasn't just rest was created for Adam and Chava or the animals or whatever. Just the concept of rest was created. <clears throat> Not that anybody yeah. needed it yet, but just the concept, concept of, rest. of rest. Yeah. The concept of nice, understanding, nice the concept of knowledge. Like, so just the concept of it. Nice job. I don't remember where. Okay. I, I want to apologize for last week for those people that are uh, following along with us. Um, I left off on the last Sa'if of Siman Aleph. I should have finished it, and I didn't realize, um, but it was my mistake. I finished all the Mishnah Beruas thinking that we were done with the Siman, but in fact, it was still one more Sa'if, one more Halacha and Siman Aleph that we didn't get to do. So that's where we're going to start off, actually. Uh, we're on page 10 in the Mishnah Beruah. Uh, so it's Halacha Tet in Siman Aleph. Uh, there's no Mishnah Beruah, so we'll just go through it quickly, and then we'll begin Siman Bet. So Halacha Tet in Siman Aleph says, Yesh no'agim lomar parashat ha-kiyor. There are those who have the custom to recite the parashat, the kiyor. The kiyor is a basin that the Kohanim used to wash their hands and feet. Um, we don't do that today, but I believe that the reason why that they had the custom was because that was that was the, the, the first thing they had to do before they can start the avodah, was to make sure their hands and feet were washed. Be'achar kach parashat terumat adeshen. And then the parasha of removing yesterday's ashes, which was the second thing, really the first part of the avodah that they did before, after they washed their hands. Ve'achar kach parashat tamid, and then the parasha of the daily offering. Ve'achar kach parashat mizbeach miktar ketoret, and then parashat samanea ketoret v'asiyato, and then how to make the ketoret. So what we do is we do the tamid, and we do the parashat ketoret. That's what we do, but we don't do um, the kiyot and... Uh, and the de- and the addition. So those are, um, we do mention the addition, uh, but but not uh, not so much the keyword. Uh Okay, let's move on to Siman Bet. This is now on page Vav. Siman Bet Halacha Aleph. Lo Yilbash Chaluko Meyushav. So Siman Bet talks about the laws of wearing clothing. Din Levishat Begadim. So if you're wondering, I never, I didn't know in my life that there was laws that yeah, how to wear clothing and how to put on, how to get dressed. But yes, indeed, there are laws on how to get dressed. First halacha says you should not put on your robe. Back then, they used to wear long robes while you are sitting. But 
Rather, you should put it on th- over your head and your arms while you are still lying down. Which means at that point, when you get up, now you're already covered. And back then, they used to sleep without clothing. So therefore, you didn't want to get up and reveal yourself um, naked, uh, exposed. So therefore, you had to put on your clothing while you were still la- lying down. That's halacha alaf. Okay, let's look at Mishnah Bru'a at the bottom. Meyushav. Why, why can't I put it up while I'm already sitting? Because now I'm going to reveal my body. Man has to act with modesty and a little bit of embarrassment in a way when he's in front of God, even though it's at night or early in the morning and you're in your room, you still have to feel that. As I say, even if it's night or in your own room, God is everywhere. On page Vav, see page Vav? I think it's page 11, 10, and then Vav. No, where do you where do you see on the corner there? Oh, Vavu Wanda. Yeah, so we just started the Mishnah Brua. Okay. Um, because to God, it's always dark. It's always light. There's no there's no there's no darkness and light. God sees everything. Person is to watch out and and be careful with regards to this reason. That he shouldn't reveal his uh, body parts even a little bit. Whatever is normally covered, he should make sure is covered. Always. But he's able to reveal his arm until his kubad, his kubad is a marpek, that's an elbow. And he can really reveal his neck until his, uh, I guess, uh, uh, chest area. Alken anpilaot. I couldn't find a translation of anpilaot, but I guess there are a group of, of people maybe who are more meticulous. asadin. A people that are uh, holier people make sure to get dressed and also um, uh, undress underneath the sadin, the sheets. Shelole galot raglav, so that they don't reveal even their legs. Shedarkan liot mechusot laolam bimniot elu sheen holchin yachef afilu bakayts. Because since the legs are normally covered, okay, and people wouldn't walk barefoot even in the daytime, so you want to make sure that even when they're under the sheets, when they put on their pants, veken kol kayotze baze and anything that is really um, covered. Im lo sheiyev shad beinyanachet, unless you have no other option. Veken bebet hamerchatz. As well in a, a, ba- a bathhouse, that there is a custom for people to walk around undressed, and it's not possible any other way. In that situation, it's not considered peritud. Here, um, Rav Moshe Feinstein says that a person is allowed to stand uh, undressed naked in a bathhouse even when not bathing if he's getting, if he's getting dressed. If he's using the area to get dressed, then it's fine. But if a person's bathing, then a person can uh, stand undressed. But even when he's just getting dressed, it's fine. We're going to talk about the laws of beta kise uh, of a of a bathroom in the in uh, in the next uh, siman. Vechen similarly, the same rule applies when a person wants to bathe in a river or in a lake. He should get dressed and get undressed as close to the river as possible. So that he doesn't walk 
um, an exposed exposed body for uh, un, uh, when it's unnecessary. He says his erva, he doesn't need to cover the, um, um, when he's, when he's on the way down into the river. He doesn't need to cover the organ. Not only that, when a person who covers it, he thinks that he's embarrassed. And now you're embarrassed of, of, uh, the, 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 the Brit Milah. And, and, and you're, you're denying about the, the Brit Milah. But when you come up from the river, where now you're facing the people. There's other people standing on the shore. Okay, no one's really much in the water. So no one's really looking when you go in the water. But on your way up from the water, you should bow down a bit. That's when you should try to cover your erva. Make sure not to touch it. As we will explain at the end of Siman Gimel. Ita Bashas is brought down in the uh, Talmud, Chaluk Shel Tamid Chacham, the robe of a, of a Tamid Chacham, Kol She'en Besaro Nilet Mitachtav. It's anything that you don't see the skin be- beneath it. So uh, for it to be a Chaluk, it can't be see-through. Okay? It's got to be a, a, a pretty thick quality. Ve'ha'idna, nowadays, any Sarin Baze, we're not so careful in this. Mishum She'ochina Kol Bebate Shokayim Ve'en Abasar Nilet. Because nowadays, we wear pants uh, and uh, and we know that uh, we don't have this chaluk. So we wear pants now and then, so that, that covers everything. Um, okay. Mishnah says, as if to say, when he gets up, and he gets out from underneath the blanket that's covering him, which, um, uh, which was placed there, he was naked, right? He's Arom. When he, when he, um, when he put on the chaluk, now he will be covered immediately. Because the chaluk will fall on over his body on its own. He said, pay it, go check out later on in Siman Chaluk. Um, with regards to taking off the chaluk. One who places his clothing on his head, he's telling us, give us a piece of advice. Don't carry clothing on your head. Not a good idea. You know, carry for the laundry, you the laundry bin and you put it on your head because it's heavy. Don't do that. Right? It, it, it leads to forgetfulness. It's possible. But if you put something in between your head and the clothing, and you don't have to worry about it. Same thing. Don't wear two clothing. Don't put on two uh, pieces of clothing at the same time. Not good advice. Um, because that also leads to uh, to for, forgetfulness. It says, what about a hat with a kippah inside of it? You have a baseball cap. Okay, or back then they had that baseball cap. It's a kafachayim. They're talking about like those old... Uh, Middle Eastern hats, and you have a kippah inside of it. Um, he says that uh, you gotta you gotta watch out. That also that that could that's two pieces of clothing at the same time. Person shouldn't do that. So put on the kippah and then put on the hat. A lot of people they want to fit the kippah in the hat nicely so they can go like that. According to Kavachaim, it could um, uh, lead to forgetfulness. There's two opinions really here on the matter. Um, some say that if you're not makpid on this, then uh, then it's okay. It's not isur. Okay, it just brings about some memory loss. Now you're not doing something that's asur 
by putting on two pieces of, pieces of clothing. And some argue, says, no, you're actually doing something wrong. There's a pasuk in the Torah that says, you have to watch yourself and, and, and guard your soul very much. So therefore, if they're telling you that this could lead to forgetfulness, then don't do it because it's what the pasuk tells us. You've got to make sure that you keep your body healthy. Um, now, I thought it was going to say like a kippah is not clothing. It is. It's an article of clothing. says it's an article of clothing. Now, women don't need to be makbid on this. Why? Because women don't have the mitzvah of tamu Torah. Women are not obligated to, to, to study Torah. But, um, but we should watch, or a, a lady or a father should make sure that their children, for their future memory, make sure they don't put on two pieces of clothing uh, at a time. All right? So that's what's brought down here. Um, Continuing in the Mishnah Bura, Ha Kore Ketav She'al Gav HaKeved. Someone who reads writing on that's written on a tombstone. Uh, Rav Chaim Kanievsky says it only applies to writing that is protruding from the tombstone, not engraved. Okay, what's wrong with that? O Amistakel Amet, or someone who sees a, a, a deceased person stares at someone that passed away. Meshakeh Limudo. He also well, uh, it will also lead to forgetfulness. So these are all things that you want to that you want to avoid. What about people who do the mishmarah. They, the 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 uh, the cleaning. Show. It's a body's covered. Body's covered. Now there are people that do have to cover the body, but die. But they try. But they, yeah, but everything's covered there. It's covered. You're not looking. You're not looking directly at the deceased. There are people that, of course, unfortunately, have to cover the body at first, so they do their best not not to stare. Um, Another thing that leads to forgetfulness is drying uh, up your hands on your garment for netilat yadayim. You wash your hands, you can't find a towel, you know it happens. Happens to everybody. So you just take your hands, you just rub it. Don't do that. That leads to shichecha, uh, to forgetfulness. And he says, but he goes, look at the pre-megadim if you want to know how to get back your memory. If you're interested in getting back your memory, he goes, go look at the pre-megadim, which he doesn't quote. Okay, moving on to Halacha Gimel. But uh, a bit of a problem would be the mikveh. If you ever go to a mikveh, like, uh, especially like one of these ones here in Toronto, there's a lot of people in there, a lot of... Yeah, vaday, vaday, yeah. Um, you know, there's... They don't have a robe there? Before. There's no robes, but people, but it's fine. It's not, there's not an issue there. Um, you know, that's what Mishabu says. You're in, you're in a mikveh or a bathhouse. You know, this is, uh, that's fine. You're bathing and, uh, and that's it. Um... But uh, just stop to, to be naked is, is, is a big issue. And especially we're going to see when it comes to a, a beta kise, which is a place where you go to the bathroom, that is, um, we're, even, we're more strict when it comes to that in terms of how much we can expose. Halacha um, gimel on top. A person should make sure that the clothing that he wears, he puts it on properly. That you do not put the inside on the outside. Look at this. Shulchan Aruch is telling us that there's actually alacha that you cannot wear your clothes inside out. There's alacha that's written. Let's look at um, let's look at Mishnah Bura. Oh, you see some of those kids come to school. Yeah, yeah. First, yeah they don't even know what they're put on. They're half asleep <laughs> when they come to school. <laughs> Right, even though your haluk, your undergarments is at is at underneath, and you don't even see it. Problem, don't do it. All the more so, what is what is revealed to everybody? Okay, so even your undershirt, your underwear should not be inside out, even though nobody sees it. Lahut, 
people will see the ugly stitching, you know, the, the underside of the, the garment. Okay? And it's going to look disgusting in the eyes of the people. And if he's not careful, and he did so, and he turned it upside down, inside out, if he is a Torah scholar, he has to take off his clothing and put it on the proper way. So you shouldn't be considered as the hated ones. Already, people have a lot of animosity towards Tamidei Chachamim. They find any way to criticize them for, for things that they do. It's a very, very sad situation. All the more so when they're, if they're going to be wearing something that's inside out. And they'll be, because, oh, look at these guys. You know, already they, they do this and then, and now they're wearing clothes inside out. They'll be, will be hated more in their eyes. But the rest of the uh, rest of the of the people, okay, they 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 wear their clothes inside out. It's not the end of the world. With regards to tefillah, when it comes to tefillah, everybody has to wear their clothing properly. Because it's it's appropriate for that time during tefillah to wear nice clothing. As we're going to learn later on in, in Siman 91. It's very good to um, put on whatever you're putting in, to put in the right hand first or the right leg first and then the, uh, the left one. Even a lefty should do this, by the way. Because you should have kavana when you're putting on your shirt or your pants that everything is engulfed and included in the right. And from the right comes the left. Katava Rambam, the Rambam writes, that the clothing of a Torah scholar should be clean, pressed nicely, beautiful. You can't walk out with a stain, a big oil stain from your Friday night fish on come Shabbat morning with a big stain there on your tie. What are you doing over here? Looks disgusting. And people are going to talk bad about you. You have to come nicely. If you stain your tie and your shirt, you put on a new shirt. You should also at the same time, don't wear royal clothing. Look at this guy. He's got this um, purple velvet uh, blazer with um, with gold sequins coming down where everybody's looking at him go what's this guy dancing with the stars what's happening over here what's this guy doing over here don't do that everybody's looking at him and don't wear clothing of the destitute and the poor where where it's an embarrassment to what he's wearing he says average but nice clothing very important uh, important lesson over here you know, clothing was one of those things that I always said you can learn a lot of Musar from because, you know, you, you know, no matter where you are on the scale of, uh, of, of wealth, there's clothing for everybody. You can really go anywhere in the world and find uh, any store and find clothing. You can find a T-shirt for a dollar, literally, and you can find a T-shirt for $300. Literally the same cotton T-shirt. Uh, one has a brand name, okay? a luxury name on it, and the other ones is, uh, you know, Dollarama, Hange, whatever it is, it is, it's a lot, a lot cheaper. Why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu make it like this? Because clothing is a necessity. 
Well, everyone has to have clothing. So no matter where you are, you can always find clothing that suits your lifestyle. And the Rambam is saying over here, make sure that you that is that is nice, but it's benonim. To go, it's unjustifiable according to the Rambam to go and spend uh, I don't know twenty thousand dollars on a suit, and you could find suits for twenty thousand dollars. Why? When you can find suits for two hundred, three hundred dollars, why do you have to spend twenty thousand dollars suits? Looks just as nice. So going to Rambam, it's it's a, it's a big it's a big thing for people to splurge um, on on clothing. Uh, he says, Ayen Sham Ot, go look over there for more what the Rambam says. Okay, moving on to Halacha Dalit. How are we doing on time? Pretty good. Uh, uh, when he puts on his shoe, he should put on his right shoe first and not tie the shoe. Then he should um, um, put on his left foot and tie it. And then finally tie the right foot. On our shoes, so you have a moccasin or a slip on. Just make sure you put the right one on first. Says Mishnah at the bottom. Yamin, Yamin. Sheken matzinu b'Torah sheyamin chasuv tamid. We see in the Torah that the right is very important, always important. Leinyan bo yad varegel. We see this with the right thumb and the and the, and the right foot with regards to the metoran, the dipping of blood, all the things that are found in Sefer Vayikra. Uchola devarim shemaktimim ayamin lasmol. And all the things we see that the right precedes the left. Um, you should then, so after you put on the right foot, you put on the left and then tie it. Because when it comes to tying things, the Torah gave priority to the left. Because that's the left hand is where we put the tefillin, the tefillin on. Um, um, in fact, there's a psaq here written that a lady who doesn't put on tefillin, Ladies don't put on tefillin, should do everything on the right. All right? Because if, if the whole reason why we're giving left a little bit of a priority when it comes to tying is because of tefillin, is if you don't put on tefillin, then you go back to the right. It's a big chidush. So when women put on their shoes, they should they put should, on the right. It seems here that they should put the right on, the right everything. Right tie, left tie. Because they don't have the inyan of keshira. Mm-hmm. Again, I looked for a translation. I can't really, uh, I couldn't find what, uh, who this is referring to, but um, they also don't need to uh, put a small, a small first regards to time. That he puts his tefillin uh, on his right hand. He, him too. This this guy also should 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 put the right foot uh, in terms of tying first uh, because he's tying the tefillin on the right. Um, but with regards to our moccasins and slip-ons, always yamin techila. Mishnah says, If he got the left shoe first, yamtin yamin. Should wait till someone brings him the right shoe. Also, when he's washing his body and anointing his skin, he should do the right arm and the right leg. All right, there's an order when you when you rinse yourself and wash yourself with soap. And if he is anointing his whole body, the first thing he has to do is his head, because the head is the king of all the limbs. Look in Sefer Darche Moshe. Um, uh, halacha, hey, 
כשחולץ מן עליו, חולץ שרסמול תחילה. When you take off your shoes, you should take off your left first. And here uh, the Mishnah Bura says, שזהו כבודה של ימין, because you're giving honor to the right. You're giving honor to the right. Um, because you're, you're saving it for last. If a person is removing his shoe for the purpose of a mitzvah, then he should take off the right foot first because that's the kavod of the right. So for the koanim that are listening here, um, and, they're, and they're taking off the shoes for the purpose of birkat koanim, it's brought down in the uh, poskim that they should take off the right foot first because it's for the sake of a mitzvah, not for the kavod of the yamim. You should take off the right foot first. Halacha vav, on top. אסור ללך בקומה זקופה, ולא ילך ארבע אמות בגילוי הראש. And you should not walk three, uh, four אמות with a uh, uncovered head. מפני כבוד השכינה, because the honor of the שכינה. ויבדוק נקבב, and always check if you need to go to the bathroom. ויחסה כל גופו, and have your body completely covered, ולא ילך ליחף, and don't walk barefooted. Try to accustom yourself to go to the bathroom day and night. That's, that's number two. Because that is what maintains a quick and healthy body. Let's look at the Mishnah Brua back on the previous page at the bottom. With a don't walk upright. Because that's ke'ilu. Uh, like like you are uh, uh, you're, you're 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 pushing away the the shechinah the feet of the shechinah. Alken katvu achalonim. That's why the achalonim wrote the asur afilu pachot me'al ba'amot. Even less than four amot, you shouldn't walk like this. Upasut afilu omed bimkomo ve'no olech klal. And 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 it's obvious that even if he's standing in one place and not walking, he shouldn't do that. You walk up with your chest up to the sky, looking up like this. What do you think you're doing? What do you think you are? Right? It's not a form of humility, it's a form of arrogance. You said you should not walk bare. Don't walk for Amot with an uncovered head. He says here, even in your house that has a ceiling, don't do so. And for sure, with if you're walking underneath the sky. In front of everybody, you're underneath Hakadosh Baruch Hu. For sure, you have to cover your head. Arba amot, four amot. That's two meters. Mishnah Brura says, "Umidat chasidut afilu pachot me'arba amot." It is the ways of the pious. Even less than four amot, you should have a kippa on or a head covering. Vafilu be'et hashena b'layla. Even when you sleep, ve'yeshem etzadedin omar de'afilu arba amot eno asur midina rak la'tzunim b'masen. Some say that the four amot is not actually asur. It's just something that are those who are tzanua, who are modest, should do. But the Taz already wrote later on in Siman Chet, It is an actual prohibition, to be with your head uncovered. Even if he's sitting at home, he has to wear kippah. He says, go look at uh, the reason. Later on in Siman Sadi Aleph, we're going to see that... Um, that uh, um, that in a Bet Knesset, uh, uh, if someone's eating in a Bet Knesset or saying Hashem's name requires a, a head covering, someone sitting in a Bet Knesset or reciting Hashem's name even requires a head covering. Let's finish the Mishnah Brua on the Siman and then we'll uh, we'll call it a night. We're on the sixth line of the Mishnah Brua on page 12. 
Even young children, we should accustom them to cover their heads. So that they should have fear of heaven. As brought down Masechet Shabbat of Kuf Nun Bab, cover your head, so that you have a fear of heaven on top of you. That's the reason why we wear a kippah or a yamuka, of course, is famous, Yare Malka, fear of the king. Veda od, also know, you should know, when it comes to head covering, it's enough to just take your hand and cover your head. This does not apply to brachot, as we're going to see later on. If you have to say a bracha on a food, you can't cover your hand with your head if you don't have a, have a kippah on. Uh, how much of the person's head do you need? Does that, does that have to be covered? Of Moshe Feinstein says, you don't need the majority of the head because the Mishnah Brura says you're allowed to cover your head with your head. So clearly you don't need your majority of your head covered. But um, the um, uh, uh, other poskim say that you require um, mo- you require most of the head. Let's try to do is cover most of the head is, is, is usually uh, good, but again, it's not an obligation. Look at the Primegadim writes, walking outside under the heavens, it's not enough to cover your head with your hands. For sure you cannot bless with your head uncovered. And the same thing when it comes to learning, you can't learn with your head uncovered. Even when listening to a bracha that someone is reciting on your behalf, you need to have your head covered. There's a machloket, if someone prayed begilui rosh, someone prayed amida, and he realized, oh my gosh, I wasn't wearing a kippah. I wasn't wearing a kippah, so I do, do I need to pray again now that I wasn't wearing uh, a kippah? Rosh Hashanah Orbach says, no, you don't need to pray again. But Moshe Feinstein said, yes, you have to pray. Because since there are goyim, there are non-Jews who are meticulous and makpid to be without a head covering, okay, so we have to make sure that we have a head covering. If the Jew, if the non-Jews care about not having a head covering, so we have to make sure we have a head covering. Um, and last thing is that uh, saying shalom, even though Shalom could be a name of Hashem, it's a very holy name, um, it's okay to, to say Shalom uh, without a head covering because the person's not having in mind God's name when he says Shalom. If you do have in mind God's name, then yes, you cannot say it without a head covering. And when it comes to learning Torah and, and Brachot, it's not enough to cover your head with your hand. Because your hand and your head are one thing. And the body can't cover itself. Some are lenient in a very, very uh, uh, urgent situation. Like at night, uh, or if he has no other choice. So he wants to drink, he's really thirsty, he can't find a hat, he can't find a kippah. Okay? Okay, so he goes like this, and then he drinks. We should try to act like the rest of the world acts. That try to take the clothing of your hand, okay, like this, and this is a covering. Your hand is not a covering, but the clothing is. That's considered a covering according to everybody. 
וכתב הפרי מגדים, ויש להיזהר בשעת הנחת תפילין של ראש, שלא יברך הברכה בראש מגולה. person needs to make sure that when he's putting on his tefillin, so the Ashkenazim say a bracha on tefillin, even on the head, that you make sure that you have a kippah on your head. Sometimes you want to put on your tefillin so you take off your kippah, so yeah. you can put it on the head, and they don't realize that you're, the kippah is in your hand, and you didn't, uh, you know, your tefillin's on your hand, you say a bracha, you gotta make sure that you have a, um, a head covering uh, there. Um, Ufaruk. What about people that have a toupee? Faruk misarot. They have a toupee. Afotan shetfurin bebeged mitartav. Even those people that have the head covering or whatever that's that's attached to their clothing, they have some some sort of thing. Yes leesor mipene marita ein. Even though technically it's a covering, we can't allow it because no one knows that you're wearing this this type of uh, wig. Okay, so therefore, because of Marita Ayin, we don't do it. People are going to say, that's his hair, and he's not covering. But there are those who are lenient. Uh, you have to check your body parts to make sure we see if you got to go to the bathroom. To, make, to see if your body is clean. You're about to say Shema Yisrael. You're about to say the Amida. You need to make sure that your body is in the proper shape. You don't have to, you don't have stomach aches, you have to go to the bathroom. You only need to check. And if he checked and he felt, I don't need to go to the bathroom. That's considered a clean body. I checked, I don't need to go to the bathroom, I'm fine. You shouldn't uh, delay uh, or if you don't have to go to the bathroom. All right? So don't just, uh, you know, you're okay, you're okay. And last, Mishnah Bruah, Yachef, you should not walk barefoot. Abru Chachamenu, our rabbis told us, Shemkor Adam kol mash lo veikach minalim raglav. person should sell whatever he has to buy shoes for his feet. Ubimkomot ha'arav, shedakan lelech Yachef, but in the uh, uh, Arabian countries, where it was normal for people to walk barefoot, then shari, it's allowed to, to, you're allowed to walk barefoot, because that was a custom of the people. Od katab b'shem shla, it's written in the name of the shla kadosh, dim oseh mishum teshuva ala mutar. Some people, they take off their shoes because it's uncomfortable, and they want to be uncomfortable, so that they're like feeling punishment to do teshuva. All right, I did something wrong, I take off my shoes, uncomfortable. In that case, he says mutar. David shalom yachef. We see that, we saw it by David, when he didn't do teshuva, he walked around yachef, uh, barefoot. Thank you for joining everybody. Wishing you a wonderful night. We'll see you next week. All the best. So today is called the Farouk. Uh huh. Well, those days are coming.